now we are both on this ship, so go for it. Take Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes Ellipses series to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah. We did it. We, we, it took seven hours, but we did it. It's it, done. Exactly. So, like, it's some pretty in-depth uh, introductions we do here at uh, Punko's Pod headquarters. Um, between, you know, me and my foolishness boss and um, his just general aloofness and uncoordination. Mm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a shambles. That's all right. We'll pick up traction at some point. Yeah. One thing we can promise this week is that this episode is going to be lit. Yeah! This week we are looking at the song My Own Worst Enemy by Lit, as covered by Get Scared for Punk Goes 90s Volume 2. Yes. I, you know, when I start talking a bit too much and I get a bit in my own head, I can say that I am my own worst enemy. This is true. Not as good a pun as yours, but uh, here we are. No, it was. It's a solid one. I will allow it. Imagine if I did that between, like, whenever I'm thinking of words, it's just, uh. Please don't. <laughs> I feel like naturally my voice just does that at the moment. I have had yet another COVID test, negative, so woohoo to me, but it just feels like my throat is just clenched all the time at the moment. Yeah. And I'm sure part of it is to do with the fact that we are now allowed to go out and see people. And so I'm actually talking to people <laughs> as opposed to sitting in silence for most of the day. But you have, it's that thing of like, you're, I guess, a little bit concerned to catch it, but you're also very concerned to give it. Yes. And you get, yeah, like a, you know, runny nose and a sore throat and, you know. And then I'm convinced that I'm a disease vector, but... I like that disease vector. But yeah, I have dodged that title yet again. So let's celebrate by recording and I'll try not to do that vocal fry that women get shat on for for no reason. Can you give us an example though? Because I don't know what you're talking about. So it's pretty much exactly what we were just saying where girls talk like this and they fry out their vocals a bit. Ah. And for some reason it's taken as a sign of weakness as a woman okay. like it's just sort of like oh they really need to sort their shit out yeah but similar to like it's just yet another example of like how women's speech is policed from like don't use like so much don't say just so much so hard though don't up talk at the end of sentences like it's so hard not to use filler words yeah yeah exactly this this episode i'm going to be very conscious to not use filler words let's see how it goes I've definitely talked about this on the pod before, but I remember in primary school we did this exercise where we each had to get up and just do a quick couple of minutes on, like, a given topic. And any time we said something like, um, or like, like, everyone was encouraged to be like, eh, like, basically as a deterrent to, like, make us aware of it and then not do it. So I used to be quite good at it for a while, but I've just become progressively more casual in the last few years, and now I just say like all the time. So, break out of filler words by basically bullying. Well, like, it wasn't done in like, you're a piece of shit, it was just, <laughs> yeah. 
it's not, it's not like when your mum, was it your mum or your grandma was in school and they were left-handed and they were told, like, was... they were broken to be right-handed? Yeah, that was my paternal grandma. and Yeah, but she showed them because then she just started writing left-handed again, so <laughs> which just makes me super happy. But she's fuck the rules. But she's Kiwi as well, so she would have done it, you know, very politely. Yeah. And, and, you know, knowing her, she would have, you know, would have been pure politeness as well. So, <laughs> so yes, I like to think that I inherited both my left-handedness and my sense of quiet rebellion from Grandma Judy, if you're listening, which I know you're not, but that's okay. <laughs> Grandma Judy might be, a, a, you know, might be the person who, you know, commented on our Twitter this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to remember to actually record that. We had like a super duper fan of Toad the Wet Sprocket get in touch and basically say like, you're wrong, you should listen to these songs. And like, I couldn't quite gauge the level of like how much they were roasting us versus how much they were just engaging. But either way, I was just super stoked that someone was actually (laughs) engaging with us. It was, it was, yeah, like... (laughs) One of the first times that we've had an engagement that wasn't Richard S. He. Yes. Um, and, oh, there we go. Fill a word. It was, it was, yeah, one of those things like, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit and, you know, say that we do prepare a bit, but we can't go through a band's entire discography in about four or five days while we're working for, well, well, you're working a full-time mm. job. Also, sometimes we just don't care. Yeah, and that wasn't <laughs> and a song that's that fine. In, that wasn't a song that inspired us to care. But look, thank you for reaching out. Oh to yeah, us. no, I super appreciated it. Like genuinely. Yeah. Like part of me was like, I feel quite stupid because I can't tell how much of this is just a roast, but also go for it. <laughs> Honestly, um, yeah, if we were getting paid to do our research properly, we would, but we're yeah. not, so... <laughs> yeah, if this, was, if this was our job, then yeah, I'd Absolutely. go through and, and just listen to more stuff, but... Yeah. You know, and especially when we're only talking about one song from a band, mm. it's kind of hard. Which we will be doing exactly that this week, but it doesn't matter because this song fucking rules. Yeah, I, I hope there's some lit fans listening to this because we're going to make them happy. Yeah. Our remarks will not be desultory. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Desultory and I forget what the other word was, but yeah, very funny. Do you ever, like, I promise we'll get on to lit, but like, do you ever engage in conversations with people and you genuinely can't tell if they're being mean to you because you're too stupid? Because I do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It does my head in, but also I kind of find it funny now, so I'm just happy to sit there and be like, oh. Oh, Going into (laughs) university when I was a 26-year-old man with like, 18 year olds who would you know like who would think about themselves as you know literary geniuses and so of course they use big words to sort of insult you and and it's just kind of funny yeah i sort of i don't know i noticed over the last whoops sorry i'm just gonna turn my phone noises off um wouldn't be a punk ghost pod without your phone going off at some point (laughs) i'm just so popular um Shit, well, oh yeah, like, over the last couple of years, like, I've definitely noticed I'm getting dumber, but also, I don't care. (laughs) So, if anything, it's just, like, an interesting exercise to watch myself from afar and be like, man, you're quite dumb these days. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) 
How long does it take for you to get a comeback after someone said something? Because for me, it's about two days. <laughs> I think that's as fast as I'm getting for a, a witty comeback. I don't know. Like, I can keep up with, like, witty repartee, but also... Yeah, I haven't had a situation where, like, I've been insanely roasted recently, except for when I tried to correct Mark Hobbs's grammar on Twitter, which was ill-advised on my part. But, like, <laughs> mostly my comebacks these days just refer to the fact that, like, this whole exercise is quite dumb. Neither of us should be engaging in this. Um, yeah. Anyway. I, uh, what was I going to say? See, there it is. It's gone. My, I, I had something about this. It's just... <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> I feel like it was funny as well. Oh, no, that's why I can't do stand-up comedy. Because... <laughs> that would be very funny. It would, it's, you would like, it would be in the newspapers, stand-up comedian cries on stage. Ah. Uh, is that what you were going to say and you remembered yeah. it? Ah, oh, see, I was thinking that you were saying, like, this is why I can never do comedy, is because I would be up there, like, halfway through telling a joke and be like, shit, where was I going with this? No, it wouldn't be so much that. I could memorise what I was going to say. It would be the first person to heckle me. I'd have no response. I would wet myself and cry on stage. Simultaneously? Yes. I mean, that's kind of a draw in its sense. In, is its, it though? in its own sense, I should say. No. Is it though? No, it is no. not. That was my attempt at being funny. Let's talk about lit. <laughs> like me to take the uh the facts about lit or would you like to take the facts about lit you should take them because you looked them up this is possibly the most in-depth run sheet i've ever done for a band accidentally as well i just kept finding stuff and kept looking into them further and it was great yeah so they formed in 1988 from oc orange county welcome to the oc bitch it's another one of those Orange County bands. There's so many Orange County bands. Mm-hmm. The only one I can remember at the moment is... Oh no, Atreyu was the offspring. I think Bleeding Through, Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah, a whole bunch of offspring offspring bands. Uh, <laughs> Orange County bands. So, guitarist Jeremy Popoff. And sick. bassist Kevin Boldes. I almost said Kevin Blades. That's a sick name. <laughs> That's like a half sick name. Kevin Blades. Kevin Blades. Met in 1986. They began playing music together in 1987. Popoff formed the band Straight Lance. Straight Lace? Straight Lace, sorry. And it's... I've... <laughs> I've uh, <laughs> I got thrown off because autocorrect didn't work for me, so it's Straight Lace without that first T. 
Yeah. So they formed or pop off formed straight lace with Jerry Neal. They would perform three shows together before Neal left to follow a career in the mortgage industry. So who's Jerry Neal? He's just a guy. He's a guy in the mortgage industry. Yeah, but what does he play? Like what did he play in straight lace? Okay. I don't know. I love like moments before you're like, this is the most in depth. He's <laughs> just like, yeah, he's just some guy. Yeah, well, <laughs> fucking Jerry Neal isn't a part of Lit, so he doesn't matter. But I'm talking about him. I am proud of him for his mortgage industry career. Yeah. There would always be money in that. Anyway. Oh, yeah. There's always money in the mortgage stand. <laughs> So later on, high school friends Kevin Boulders and Pop-Off's brother AJ formed the pop metal group Razzle. Okay. I should have tried to listen to some Razzle, but here we are. So Boulders, who was initially the drummer for the band, would transition to lead vocals. They would soon recruit Jeremy Pop-Off and Alan Schellenberger on drums. Razzle quickly became Stain, and they adopted a heavier sound. They would discover there was another band called Stain, at which point they changed their name for the final time to Lit. And I've written here, I wonder if Stain got rid of their name once they heard of Stained. Almost as if you add more letters, you get to keep the name. I thought that was really funny. Is that an example of the japes that you'd memorise to tell your audience later? Yeah, but I didn't memorise it this time. (laughs) I would be that comedian who's like reading his jokes off his phone. That would be great. Like a schmuck. Again, I feel like I've talked about this before. I don't know. But I I used to be part of the debate team in high school, which says a lot about me as a person. It is one of those things, though, that I wish I had done after I'd left school. Yeah. Yeah. In hindsight, it was useful because like, I can ad-lib a little bit. Like, if someone said to me, quick, you need to present this thing, like, I'd probably be shit at it, but I wouldn't absolutely choke because you just sort of have to learn to use, Mm. like, just, yeah, just flub something. Um, But yeah, so I was in debate team. There was this kid on my debate team, Tom, who I thought was super cute, and he was really good at debating. And there was one art thing where, like, he was third speaker and then I was... The last person, I forget what they call it, but like where you round up everything before the end of the debate. (laughs) And he had all of these cue cards with like all the points on them. And so the idea was going to be Tom did his thing and then just gave me the cue cards because then I had them and I could just use them to summarize like an in summary, blah, 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 blah. Yep. But he (laughs) proceeded to then go through and do his part of the debate and just like throw the cue cards away as he was done with them so then he finished there was a break for like the other speaker and I'm like furiously picking up cards just like for fuck's sake like why did you do it like that like trying to put and I just absolutely bombed and I forgave him because he was cute but I was also just like my god so yeah if there's anyone out there who was part of a debate team do your teammates a solid and just write your own fucking cue cards but not no because like that's totally fine recycling cue cards like save paper save the planet but like True. keep like keep, those, yeah. those are in, like those are very integral to like your team's ability to win a debate like don't toss them on the it's, ground it's, it's relying on you to remember the entire which debate. I did not yeah and like and I was, to listen as well yeah, which yeah. I, I again I was listening to Tom because I thought he was cute, but like, my god. <laughs> anyway, if you're listening, Tom, I still haven't quite forgiven you for that. Yeah, Tom. 
Pick up your cards, man. Yeah. Pick up your cards. Anyway, bless him. So sadly, uh, drummer Alan Schellenberger died of a brain tumour in 2009. Mm -hmm. Schellenberger's last gig with Lit was a benefit concert performed at the House of Blues in Anaheim, California. Sugar Ray and Handsome Devil would perform. I've never heard of Handsome Devil, but of course, like I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sugar Ray and Lit ran in the same circles. Definitely, as, yeah. You know, them Crazy Train, Crazy No Crazy Town, Crazy yeah. Town. Yes, yes. I'm gonna move on. Uh, so the no, so no doubt drummer Adrian Young filled in for a f- number of the songs as well. So that was at the last benefit concert. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, Alan Schellenberger didn't do all the songs. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah, he was thirty-nine years at the time of passing. Mm. So yeah, super sad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, especially when you get to be sort of my age, and it's like, oh yeah, he was only eight years older than I am. So. Mm. All right, I'm not going to bring this podcast down. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> God damn it, you're going to try. So, my worst, my worst, my own worst enemy was the lead single from their 1999 album, A Place in the Sun. Mm-hmm. The song was written by AJ and Jeremy Popoff and produced by Don Gilmore. Uh, when I looked into the song and tried to find more about Don Gilmore, the link to Don Gilmore mm-hmm. was for a Donald Gilmore, who was a former sheriff turned... I think Republican governor somewhere. Okay. Governor or former Republican party person. Right. And it was just, I just, I I loved it. I thought it was funny that it just sent me to, to, and for about a minute, maybe like 30 seconds, I thought, is this the same person? My theory is like, well, (laughs) actually no, it's not a theory, but like obviously they fucked it up, but also how funny would it be? Just some dude out like some staunch Republican who secretly loves like nineties pop punk. It wouldn't surprise me because the amount of Republicans and conservatives this year that have gone, oh man, I can't listen to Rage Against the Machine anymore ever since they went political. My God. Have you how did you go this long without listening to the lyrics? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there was you know <laughs> I mean like Given the demographic, like the key demographics of pop punk as a genre, like white dudes, yep. like for the most part, that would absolutely resonate with Republicans. But um, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time that pop punk has been problematic as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeremy Popoff stated that my own worst enemy is the result of waking up and realizing you screwed up the night before. The first verse is about screwing up with your chick. AJ's the king of having four ex-girlfriends show up to the same show. It's funny watching him try to juggle. That's a direct quote as well. We got a couple of direct quotes. That's that's hilarious, Jeremy. Yep. I suppose if you're gonna if you're gonna be kind of who knows, like he might have like very quickly had those girlfriends and then met, like not been in any infidelity, but probably not. No. And if you're gonna if you're gonna screw around that much then it's bound to you know blow up in your face at some point look if it's safe consensual fun not hurting on anyone go for it but yeah don't Mm. be a jag off um so wait is it kevin who's the lead singer um 
Let me just check this out. I'll just... Yeah, I'm getting lost in all the names. We'll confirm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Probably should have done my my research a little bit better. That's... I should have done any research at all. If I had done a, a, a fully, like fleshed out run sheet it would have been even longer so uh what i've got here is actually kevin baldez was the lead vocalist from 1988 to 89 aj popoff who was the drummer um from 88 to 89 then switched over to lead vocals from right. 89 to present. okay that makes a lot more sense then in terms of like aj being the okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. it just seemed very disingenuous to have not like, yeah, to have AJ writing these things, but then someone else having to sing them and be the dickhead. <laughs> yeah, I mean... So, no, that's okay. I mean, it's, it wouldn't be... It's not out of the realm of no. normalcy for, you know, another member to write a song. Um, but, yeah, if it's someone's lived experience, then, yeah, it's a bit... Dis- yeah. yeah. as you said, disingenuous. But um, AJ Popoff had this to say about the song himself. Uh, This is a direct quote. It was the combination of many, many incidents. Sometimes I get in trouble when I get naked in public and have a girl there. Do you think he just gets naked? Yeah. I know Eric Andre does that. Well, he's just like... I don't know how to quantify, but like there's a special... Specials of load, but like there's a brand of dude that just is happy to get naked wherever. It's just like, oh, okay, they're naked now, sure. Like, I've never understood that. It's so weird. Anyway. Having had to take my shirt off at the physiotherapist today, (laughs) I, uh... (laughs) I was half nude. (laughs) (laughs) It happens when I've been drinking Jägermeister. Yes, same. I actually sang my own worst enemy naked in the studio. The singer said that the song's second verse is about the morning after. When you hear about all the lame shit you did, the last time it happened was when we got really drunk in Laughlin, Nevada for New Year's Eve. I stole a janitor cart and me and five friends jumped onto the flatbed, rode down the sidewalk and got chased by the cops. The next day I found a couple of my friends were taken in by security who were, searched, who were searching for me all night. I was tucked away in my hotel room, oblivious. AJ said that, my own worst enemy isn't based on any one of our particular personal experiences. It's just a jumble of times where someone went out and had too much to drink. You say things you shouldn't say and do things you shouldn't do, and then the next day you realise how bad you fucked up. A lot of people comment on the lyrics, but the hooky guitar riff doesn't hurt either. <laughs> so, like, his friends got arrested. Yeah. And he managed to skip it by just sleeping. It's... Again, funny is not... I'm using it in, like, a wry sense, but, like, it's funny to sort of consider this in 2020. Like, there are some people that would get shot for doing that. Mm. But because it's him, just a white dude, like, Mm. being an absolute shithead in public, like, he slept it off and he was fine. His mates got chucked in prison, but they were fine. I'm sure Mm. they were just there to sleep it off and then go home. Ugh. It just makes me very cross how differently these guys would have gotten treated compared to... Anyway. Well, the way you're feeling about their actions is the way James Oldman of NME felt about My Own Worst Enemy. He said that My Own Worst Enemy is totally loathsome, poisonous stuff, but quite addictive. Sure. (laughs) 
Uh, from the band's own website, Lit has said the song is one of the most broadcasted, covered, karaoke'd, recognisable rock hits of the last 20 years. I want to know what their metric is. Do they know that it's the most one of the most karaoke'd songs? I suspect it is the equivalent of a bakery being like, we have the best vanilla slice in Victoria. <laughs> Come and try it. The best or the biggest? Best. No, but like, uh, that's what I mean. Like, it's either the best or the biggest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Neither the two shall meet because it can't be both. <laughs> you can have quantity or quality, but not both. <laughs> yeah. I like that they made that call, though, because I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> oh, it's a dope song, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was really impressed because I looked on their website um, and they had, you know, packages for their shows. Yeah. And. They had, you know, VIP packages, but the VIP packages were really well priced. Yeah. There was something like 50 bucks and you get to go backstage and meet them and hang out with them before the show starts. Yeah. That to me sort of speaks of a band who not so much knows their worth, but I guess... Is un- realistic. Is realistic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I think between that and the video of them... Playing this song to like a very oh, sparse I crowd. Tried, I tried finding that video and I just couldn't. Yeah. Oh, uh, it. If yeah, if we can find the link, I need to tweet it because it's just it did like people share it with the intent of like, oh, how sad slash funny is this? Yeah. I just find it really endearing. So it's like no, like they're playing for like I don't know thirty people. Or, yeah, it's a, it's a very small crowd at a but festival. Fucking going but for they're it. playing they're playing as if they're playing in front of ten thousand yeah like I love it I, I I appreciate that they they might have gone and w- looked at the crowd and went is that it but they still went out with the intention of we're gonna win entertain who's here yeah because who's here has come to see us so. so yeah between that and offering very um competitively priced yeah meet and greets good for them yeah. honestly that makes up for them being shitheads makes up for all public. the nakedness so I'm just going to bring up a link. The song was included on NME's 20 Essential Pop Punk Tracks You Should Know list. I always feel like I love these lists, but then it just sort of reminds me how insular even just my taste in pop punk was slash is. Yeah. Because I opened the list, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to know all of these. There's still some that I haven't heard. It's just like, oh man. Yeah, so like Newfound Glory, My Friends Over You... Uh, didn't listen to the starting line, didn't listen to Set Your Goals, didn't listen to Four Years Strong, uh, Blink, All the Small Things. Is that the pop-punk song from Blink, though? Is that the song from Blink that you would put on there? I wouldn't. Essential... I'd probably put Damn It over that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be the one. Uh, the Atari San Dimas High School Football Rules. <laughs> uh, again, I'd probably put their cover of um, Boys of Summer. Yeah. That's true. Mm, Fallout Boy, Sugar, We're Going Down. Sick. Simple Plan, Addicted. Sick. Lit, My Own Worst Enemy. Paramore, Misery Business. Yeah, I'd put something else, just mostly because Paramore have denounced that song. Really? Or at least Haley. She's basically like... Because it's super problematic, right? Like, it's all slut-shamey. Like, so now that Haley is a woman who has had you know relations with well someone. she's just realized that that's shitty yeah right? so yeah she's like no could, don't perform it it's shit could they 
rework the vocals though? Could they rework the lyrics? Because it's it's one of their it's one of their hits. Yeah, they could, but but then at the same time, do they really play much from the Riot era anymore? They tend to be quite specific to the era that they're touring for. If that makes sense, yeah, like, yeah, which I appreciate. Uh, so you get Sum 41's Fat Lip. and the, the, I didn't mention all of the songs, but um, but yeah, I don't know if this means it's number one or number 25, Good Charlotte's The Anthem. That is a good song. That is a good song. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just a nice little slice of uh, time travelling, I guess. Yeah. Time capsule. Time capsule. So the song reached number one on the US Alternative Airplay charts, number 16 on the UK Singles charts, and number eight on the Canada Rock charts. Beautiful. And I remember you telling me this, um, but I'm going to tell it now. The song has been incorrectly attributed to Blink-182 and has been mislabeled as Please Tell Me Why. You say that I told you, but you'd forgotten that because I had told you. And I'd, I'd, I'd remembered you telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I've remembered you telling me that I'd forgotten about it. Because, yeah, you were like, oh, like, this is super interesting. Apparently it's been misattributed. I was like, I know. <laughs> and then I paused. And I was like, hold on a minute. Sorry, I've just got to shift on our disgusting vinyl couch. Um, and, yeah, and then I was like, hang on, because since I had first told you that I had visited my childhood home and brought back all my mix CDs, and, yeah, I pulled out the copy of the mix CD I made in, like, Probably 2012, 2013, that had, yeah, (laughs) My Own Worst Enemy. No, Please Tell Me Why by Blink-182 and then crossed out and fixed underneath in pen. So when you became a big Blink fan, did you listen to this song and go, hang on, that's not Mark or Tom? I did. That's not their guitar tone. That's not their bass tone. That's not even, like, the drums. See, look, I'm not very good with, like, signature tones. Yeah, okay. Like, that's because I never actually played a guitar. I don't, like... Yeah, save for, like, teaching myself some power chords. But, like... Because to me, like, for all intents and purposes, it was pop punk. So before I was, like, deep into Blink's back catalogue, I was like, oh, yeah, like, this checks out, like... And the vocalist, so AJ, AJ, he... Popped off. Ha ha. Um, Yeah, like, I can see how they mistook him for Mark, but then it's one of those things that once you're a true head, then it's like, oh, it's so obviously not. Yeah. Similar to, like, when I first started listening to My Brother, My Brother and Me, and I could not for the life of me tell Justin Justin and Travis apart, and they're so different. But it for, and apparently a lot of people do it. They're like, it takes a while to pass which is which. And then once you've got it, like, it's just so obvious from there. I think I had to listen to a little bit with you and go, that's Travis. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the... Dis- I, I mean, I could listen to it now and then distinguish between the two. But it's like, Travis is a bit more nasal or is Justin a bit more nasal? I think Travis is a bit more. Yeah. But, um... So, yeah, for me, this was just one of those scenarios. And Justin's a bit more on the back of his throat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you the thumbs up. Uh, so, what do we think about this masterpiece? I fucking love it. Do you think they 
1999, when did All Star come out? Was that 2000 or 1999? Do you think they were really mad about that? No. No? Do you think they were happy for Smash Mouth's success? I'm sure they were. They seemed decent enough. They do. What? What? I wonder what their stance is on COVID. Oh yeah. I. Mm. I'm not saying that it's it's. A, I'm not saying it's a similar song, but it's just the the imagery to to like the the film clip really just makes me think of um, All Star, the All Star film clip again. Like it's different styles and everything, but it just I don't know. I'm like putting that. 1999 space yeah see to me this would be sort of my equivalent to you with the tone like Mm. it's similar in like it's got the sort of technicolor like very hyper yeah like which was really popular in the late 90s early 2000s but to me the videos are completely different like i would liken this one more to like oh the... Well, like to a Blink-182 or to a, um, like a Sum 41 or something like that. Well, you say that because Blink-182 actually appeared in their f- in the film clip for Lit's song Ziploc. I don't say that because of that, but yes. No, but just, I just, yeah, like <laughs> there might be some, yeah. you know, shared direction, yeah, some, some influence there. Um, yeah, I just... The All the Star film clip is way more bombastic and yeah. way more... I don't know, not unrealistic, but just, yeah, it's, I don't know. Um, but no, I love this song. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I, yeah, as I said, it takes me straight to 1999 mm. and I want to watch The Matrix again. <laughs> Actually, no, I want to watch The Big Lebowski again because they're playing, they're bowling in the film. Well, I was, yeah, I was going to say, like, they borrow a lot from The Big Lebowski just in terms of the aesthetic, I reckon. And like... They do a couple of things... Well, they have, like, the same ball thing as the Jesus, yeah. like the rag, whatever you call it. And I, can't, and I can't remember because it's like he runs his hand across the the air vents. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think they do that in the film clip. Um, yeah, it's, it would be interesting because I, I don't know what came first. Um, the Big Lebowski was a bomb when it first came out, though. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that. That doesn't mean that no one saw it. It just means that not enough people saw it. Mm. But no, it's you know he did say it. It's you know the the catchy guitar riff doesn't hurt the song. Yeah, and it's very easy. I was able to learn how to play this on guitar in about two minutes. But it's it works. Mm. I heard that riff for about two weeks straight. It wasn't that long. It was. <laughs> To a point where I'm glad there's been a bit of a patch between that and me revisiting the songs today. Um, How many times have I heard Hamilton? This is true. That is a very fair point. That. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. Um, But yeah. The more I think about this song, the more I love it. Like, I... Finally finished listening to the final episode of Blink-155 last week. Did not real, did not expect tears at the end, but here we are. I was very sad about it, but, um... And their last episode was on Damn It. And, it, like, to me, Damn It draws a lot of parallels with My Own Worst Enemy in the sense of, like, 
at face value, it's just a song about like like a very sort of surface level, like either breakup song or like just fuck up song. Yeah. But then if you scratch beneath the surface, it can be quite sort of inward facing and like almost sad in a way. Like yeah, because I mean to me, it's it's a fuck up song. Because this person can't control themselves, they are a fuck up. They they get drunk and act a fool and say stupid things, but then this person that they're with puts up with it. You know, doesn't doesn't leave in it. You know, when it might be for their benefit. Yeah. As well. Um, yeah, it's one of those ones. Like, it's a very very happy sounding song but if you kind of go a little bit underneath it can be also pretty depressing as well yeah um which it doesn't sound like that's what they were going for but that's you know, death of the author baby death of the author we but can, like we can interpret it however we want to yeah because like i don't know for example well just even if you just break it down like by its lyrics the way it's put together is just so clever like and so I'm just going to do a quick... But, like, it just immediately sets the stage. Can we forget about the things I said when I was drunk? I didn't mean to call you that. Mm. And then I can't remember what was said or what you threw at me. Please tell me, which then leads into please tell me why. Like, it's just... Yeah. You immediately know exactly what's happening. Like, it's just... I fucked up. I'm sorry. I don't remember. I don't even know what I'm apologizing for, but I know that I've yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Like, it already just sets the dynamic there of just, you're a fucker. Yeah. Like, similar to in Dammit, like, it'll happen once again. I'll turn to a friend, someone that understands. But, like... And then, and then yeah, like... Verse 2. It's no surprise to me I am my own worst enemy, because every now and then I kick the living shit out of me. The smoke alarm is going off and there's a cigarette still burning. Again, you could take that at face value, but, like, the smoke alarm is going off, so, like, something isn't right in this dynamic. And there's a cigarette still burning, meaning, like, the problem is still present. Like, it's just super clever. Like, I don't necessarily think they gave it that much thought, but, yeah, this is the kind of thing where you could write a fucking, like, um... thesis well not even if but like yeah you could write an essay like there's just the layers it's so good but like the smoke alarm is going off um you know what do they say when someone has a bad idea about something the alarm bells are going off and then there's a cigarette the cigarette is still you know the cigarette is still burning so you know it could be that this is either combustive or it could be that there's still you know a spark there or something in the relationship yeah that's the thing, like, there's a cigarette still burning, like, the deep-seated issue hasn't been addressed. Yeah. Like, all the alarm bells are saying, like, you should leave me because I fucked it. Like, but you're still here, I'm still here, nothing's changed, what's happening? Yeah. It's just... And then again, like, the chorus, like, please tell me why my car is in the front yard and I'm sleeping with my clothes on. I came in through the window last night and you're gone. Like, yeah, it could just very obviously be like, hey, I got super drunk last night and passed out and whoops, but, like, yeah. Like, sleeping with my clothes on is... It could just be interpreted as, like, just not having that sort of drive to get your shit together. Like... We know AJ. If he's gonna record songs naked, he's sleeping naked. (laughs) 
Wouldn't that be the, funny if it was the opposite? If he just, if he did everything naked except for slept and that's when he put clothes on. <laughs> the reverse nudist. <laughs> Jesus. But I just, it, I love it. Like, I haven't done it justice because I've been thinking about it all afternoon, but I just love the way it immediately brings you into what's happening. And then the fact that, yeah, like the outro is basically the same thing again. Like, it's no surprise to me. I am a, I am my own worst enemy because every now and then I kick the living shit out of me and then it just reverts back. Can we forget about the things I said when I was drunk? I didn't mean to call you that. So like, he's just reverted back to a place of defensiveness or like, yeah. he's not learning. And so then it just sets up like this sort of, vicious cycle yeah, yeah like just circular sort of like this suggests that this, that's the dynamic it's like fuck up I didn't mean to call you that sorry like I know I'm a fuck up like I fucked up but also I didn't mean to call you that and like it just can we just forget about it yeah move on it's just so fucking clever mm. and I love it so much cause like yeah I'd never really thought of damn it by Blink-182 as like that deep cause I was always just I liken it to, like, the film clip where they're at the cinema and just being dickheads and all that. But then when you place it in that different context, it makes it quite sad and quite emotional. And this is the same. Yeah. Like, I could totally picture, like, a cover of this that is, like, down-tempo and, like, minor chords and stuff, and it would be really cleverly done. Mm. Because you can change that mood. I wouldn't want to see it because I love it as it is. But it's just, yeah, it's ripe for interpretation. I fucking love it. Yeah. And that is my book report. <laughs> you get an A plus. Thank you. Plus. My, uh, my, one of my favourite, like, film clip moments is that bit in the Damn It film clip where Mark <laughs> is getting chased by the guy and he falls over and accidentally pulls down Tom's pants. <laughs> yeah, just Tom's face. And, but, like, he just sort of stands there, like still eating popcorn for a while without pulling up his pants and then yeah when he pulls up his pants and like looks at Scott and just smiles <laughs> it's Scott uh, <laughs> I completely forgot that I bought the DVD of like all their video clips I kind of yeah. just want to watch that tonight yeah I'd be down for that mm-hmm. um, yeah, this no. isn't a blink cast it's already been done and it was wonderful while it lasted rip well, it's it is definitely one of these time capsule songs, though. yeah. Because we watched, um, you know, shorthand for penis, but it was Pen Fifteen, yes, which was set in two thousand and one, yeah. And it just there's a there's a bit where this song plays, and it is just it takes you directly to nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and one. Like, yeah, it's it's terrific. Um, it, it it is. It's just stupidly catchy. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you uh, you gave it everything, and, and I'm just going to butcher all explanations now. No, yeah. it's just it's good. Like yeah. it's just definitively good. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like it's. I don't know. I was, this is one of those ones that we were excited to do for good reason. Yeah, because it's just a fucking great song. Yeah. Yeah. I just... Oh, man. Yeah. Well, do we have anything else to say about it? I don't know why I find in the video clip the fact that their bowling team is from Moe's Bail Bonds is very funny. 
It's just like that little detail is just perfect. Like, <laughs> yep. And I, I feel like it was a big. Maybe not. Maybe I can't. Maybe I'm remembering things wrong. But to have that sort of like seventies style as yeah, well. Yeah, that was a very nineties thing. Yeah, that seventies aesthetic thing. Because I'm thinking of the sabotage film clip from Beastie yep. Boys as well. It does something similar to that. I'm also just thinking of. 90s film clips how we went from really drab tones like weird colour palettes yeah. to then bursting colours like hyper colour yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no it was, it was a weird time like I can even in terms of just like a transition video of those two of like even just watching Green Day's music video collection from that time, like, it's just super interesting because you've got, like, Hitch and a Ride, which has the sort of sepia tone kind of thing for effect, plus the, like, 70s-ish, all that slightly rockabilly kind of dress. Hmm. Like, it's, yeah, just a weird pastiche, but then, like, earlier you had the, I think, literal Technicolor. I think it was filmed via Technicolor for Basket Case, which is just hyper, like... yeah. But yeah, like, it just, it's, yeah, it was such a good time for music videos. Have you ever witnessed any member of Green Day wearing a bowling shirt? Yes. In the music video for Redundant, Billy Joe wears a bowling shirt, I think. It's like, well, I would not be surprised. Yeah. And so I'm not surprised. Well, it's just like that super duper, like, that crossover with Rockabilly. Yeah. Like, and especially like 99, like, pop punk, like, that was so endemic to it I feel yeah yeah this is a really interesting um this is a really different feeling kind of pop punk as well yeah it's somewhere in between it's somewhere in between uh and I know this is basically like always the band I go to when I talk about pop punk bands but it's somewhere between a newfound glory and a blink 182 it's somewhere in between there it's I mean, definitely heavy on the pop side of it. Um, yeah, I, I... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, it... Cause, yeah, like, for me, because I'm sort of reductionist in, like, how I view, like, tone, that sort of thing, because I don't have that theory behind it. But, like... So, to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, so it's similar to Blink, but, yeah, it's not quite... Like, there's shades of... Yeah. Like, it's not quite, but I can see how, for instance, it got mis labelled on LimeWire or mm. whatever I may or may not have downloaded it from. Yeah. Yeah. LimeWire Ice. Frostwire. Frostwire. I was going to say Icewire. Icewire. <laughs> cool, cool lime. Maybe he's not wearing a bowling shirt. I can't quite tell. I really love that video though. It's so clever. I think it's a bowling shirt. It just says oh, maybe not. Is that a bowling shirt? Mm, no, I don't think so. No. Oh well, my bad. That's alright. Yep. Let's talk about Get Scared. Ooh! Can we forget about the things I said when I was drunk? I didn't mean to call you that. Remember what was said or what you threw at me Please tell me Please tell me 
I will let you take over the notes. All right. So, Get Scared were a band from 2008 to 2019. They formed in Leighton, Utah, and were signed to Fearless Records. So, there you go. Uh, Before creating Get Scared, uh, Nicholas Matthews on vocals, Johnny Braddock on lead guitar, Bradley Iverson on bass, and Warren Wilcock on drums were all in separate bands. So Sam thought it was funny that the writer of an article... The Wikipedia article. Oh, okay. So the Wikipedia, they noted that as being a significant fact. So they don't actually say what bands, it was just... Just bands. That's wonderful. <laughs> they were all in separate bands. Oh, man. I would love to think that they were just... They maybe performed a show where all four bands played and, they were, and you know whoever started it was like, <laughs> I want you, now I want you. And I want you. It's not like the equivalent of like, if someone said to me, where do you live? I'd say, I live here, but I've also lived in here, here, and here. Like, that's brilliant. (laughs) God bless Wikipedia, honestly. Uh, During the summer of 2010, what a time, the band embarked on Hot Topic's Sacred Ceremony Tour with Black Veil Brides and a band called Vampires Everywhere, with an exclamation point. I, I looked into it and the lead singer's name is something like, it's just very... It's just very mundane with the last name Vampire, so it's just something like Michael Vampire. <laughs> I am Jim Vampire. Which, which if you... <laughs> I don't know, if you're trying to infiltrate a vampire nest, it would be... <laughs> you would you would do that because if a vampire was trying to, in you know, invade a human nest, they would be just like Malachi human. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. So, yeah, not much info on Get Scared, unfortunately, although this was the only single from Punk Goes 90s 2, and from what we can tell, it also appears to be a song that the band performed live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of it? I think I really like this one as well. Yeah. I really I really dig it. That when it comes in and it has that, that rise to it... Mm-hmm. So it's obviously it's two guitarists. One's doing the, and then there's the other one's turning like has strummed a note and is turning the the amp up, yeah, or the guitar volume up. And so it has that that really sort of that moment where it, where it comes in and and it sort of hits you, mm. yeah. I and then they the drums are you know something like double double the speed or whatever of the original as well i think it's just it's it does enough to separate itself from the original while staying very faithful to it yeah as well yeah okay what do you think i enjoy it like i think it's clever like it's well done i think this is one of those songs though that for me i'm sort of like but why bother covering it because it's Mm. so perfect as it is and like you I feel like you either have to like detour quite a lot from the original or just leave it alone. But I think that's just because it's so iconic. I like the idea it's something akin to yeah, Beatles, you can cover them man to the cows come home. Rolling Stones, yeah, whatever. But lit no yeah, that's don't sacred. touch my lit. Um, lit is sacred. <laughs> um I don't know. Like I do really enjoy it. Like I like the way, like you said, like they make it different enough to be their own. Yeah. But they like 
those double kick drums or whatever they are actually I don't know because I'm not a drummer but like that sort of cements it firmly in the era of music in which Get Scared would have been yeah. operating in. It's a very, I think it was like 2014 this was yeah. done. Yeah. So it is a very 2010s yeah. rendition of this song. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the improvised lines in it? I don't like them. Did you notice the improvised lines? The only one I noticed was at the end where in the outro he says instead of I kick the living shit out of me. He says, I kick the living fuck out of me. Yeah. Which I really don't like. And when in the first verse, when he says, I didn't mean to call you that. And then underneath, um, someone screams fucking slut. Wow. That's not okay. Which I never got from the first, I never got from the original that that's what he said. Uh, It was just more something, something silly, like maybe bitch, maybe said bitch. Um, You said bitch though. Yeah. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) Yeah, so then that comes in fucking slut. That's... Um, I did not pick up on that. That makes yeah, it's me... it's quiet. Yeah, you know what? Fuck this song. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> and the kick the living fuck out of me, it's, it, it has that... It has that feel of... I don't know. Oh, we gotta, like, kick it up a notch. Yeah, gotta make it tough, spelled T-U-F-F. Kind yeah, of, yeah, which it doesn't need... That's not what this song is. No. It doesn't need to be that. I still like it. I still think it's... I still like the 2010s nature of it. Mm. Um, yeah, could have done without that. That's shit. I, you know, the, the kick the living fuck out of me is, you know, it is what it is. Those bands were like that very yeah. much. You know, got to be tough, even though your lead singer is very whiny on the vocals. You know? yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, I say this as someone who swears way too much, and I don't like how much I swear, but like, so yeah, I realise I'm being a super hypocrite, but like, even though he's just replacing one swear for a worse one, I feel like it's just overdoing it. It's like, wow, okay, like, back off, like, tough guy kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, and I, I feel the same. Because um, it's just, yeah. It's sort of like edge lordy. Yeah, and it's just, when you hear the... It's like, got to get that little bit of, you know, tough guy credibility or whatever. Yeah. It's, you know... Whatever. I have never soured on a song so quickly as this one. Yeah, you really did. But no, that's totally not necessary. I don't like it. No, I I agree with you there. It isn't necessary. Um, As I said, I still like the song. I still think it's it's very well done. Yeah. Um, But, I don't know. Why, why, you know, why change it to that degree, you know? The only time I would accept that is if they'd said, Dwight, you ignorant slut. (laughs) Isn't depression just another word for feeling sad? Feeling bummed out? (laughs) Alright, we have a uh, plethora of other covers to cover with this one. Mm. So, first up, uh, I'm going to say Future Friend, because I feel like we should become friends with with him. Yeah. Talked about him on the pod numerous times before. It's not Buff Carell. No, although he should also be our friend. Yes. It's uh, one Neil Cicierega.
What's mm-hmm. it called? Is it is it called? It's just called sleeping. Sleeping. So as you would have just heard, it is just a chopped and screwed version of the original. To very hilarious effect. The introduction of the introduction, the start of it, just the guitar, it just makes gets my hackles up. Yeah, it just shouldn't. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't exist. It's. I was reading something the other day where like. And it's just such a generic quote, and I can't remember who it was said by, so I can't attribute it, so apologies. But, like, someone was saying the reason why humans love music as much as they do is because of, like, patterns and, like, recognition of patterns and repetition, that sort of thing. It satisfies something in our brain. So, like, that was a perfect example of when you take something that you know to be so familiar and, like, on on time, I guess, in, like, loose sort of air quotes, or, like, just formulaic, when you fuck with it, it yeah. really does make you go, like, Ugh! like, yeah. it genuinely stresses me out. <laughs> it's one of those moments where you just sort of, where it, where it starts playing and you're looking at your phone, and then it keeps going and going and going, and you sort of look up, like, what? Yeah. No, this shouldn't be happening. I, it, I both hate it and love it. It's sort of, like itches my brain in like a really specific way and I like that. Yeah. Um and then just the rest of it's just so stupid. Like <laughs> I can't rem- like yeah, I don't even know. Like yeah, yeah. I just I love it. <laughs> he does such good work. I uh... He's so funny. That's why I want him to be our friend. I know. But I feel like I'd feel quite dumb talking to him, though. I feel like he's got a very specific brain where, like, someone who can make these things work as well as they do, like, they are super-duper intelligent. Do you think he's a music genius? Yes. Absolutely, I do. I I knew that since hearing the Men in Black song. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that... This one I forgot to mention is from his 2020 release, Mouth Dreams, which was truly one of the highlights of being in lockdown. Mm. It's just the perfect soundtrack for, like, going out of my mind. <laughs> this is the soundtrack to my madness. Well, like, no kidding. Like, the amount of times I've listened to all the other Mouth ones as, like, focus slash stress relief music, like, mm. it just, it works. So I was just like, oh, thank God. Like, I have something else to, like, simultaneously stress out and relax my brain in like a very specific way that makes me feel good but keep on the lookout for my spotify playlist of soundtrack to my madness yeah why not (laughs) so next cover off the rank that was a very poor anyway patent pending Mm, like einstein he was a patent clerk was he yeah well there you go
So does this one does this one make up for the Get Scared version? Because I feel like this one would have been a cover done at the same time as the original release. I like this one more, mostly because it stays true uh, to the original. But it's faster. Yeah. Yeah. But by, like, by about a half a beat, but it's, it's that little thing that's like, oh, it's a bit quicker. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, I enjoy this one because they do it justice and they don't try and beef it up for no reason. Yeah. No, I really... I I feel like this has more of the, the punk side of that pop yeah. aspect to this. Yeah. As I said, like this feels like kind of like a punk band who would have covered this, you know, a month after it was released. You know, at the same mm. time that this came out. Yeah. It just has that, that feel to it. Um, and yeah, as I said, like I, I enjoy the fact that it's a bit quicker. Yeah. You know, not that this is a slog of a song. It only goes like two and a half minutes, the original. Yeah. It's pretty quick. But yeah, no, this is dope. Mm. Uh, I, as I said, like a bit of a make-do from the... Make-good from, yes. the, from the cover, other cover. Yes. Yeah. No, good on them. Uh, we got one more. Mm-hmm. This is a bit of a difference. Uh, <laughs> this is, you know, you said before, if you're not going to change it up a lot, then why bother? Well... Alex Melton bothered to turn this into a country version. Can't we forget about the things I said when I was drunk? I didn't mean to call you that. Well, I can't remember what was said or what you threw in me. Please tell me. good yeah this is great like there's a lot to be said for people who are like this song but how about in this style but like which I know rankles like ruffles your jimmies but I don't there's something about Alex's work like I've only watched a few of his videos so far but I think it's it's because there's no sense of artifice around it if that makes sense I don't know why it makes sense to me but like you can tell he genuinely loves the songs that he's covering. It isn't just because it's part of, like, the Zed guy store. Yeah. He has a very specific niche. Yeah. If, you, if you've if you heard of Alex Melton, it's possibly for his video where he performs Semi-Charmed Life in the style of Blink-182. Yeah. But he does a lot of pop-punk and emo covers in the style of country. It's just... Country pop, so... And it's funny because... Like, I'm not an expert on country in the slightest, but... Oh, you're an early Taylor Swift fan? Oh, look. My first album was Dixie Chicks, Wide Open Spaces. Oh, The Chicks. Mm. Oh, yes. Whoops. The Chicks. Redacted. Um, And, like, 
even just in terms of thematic lyrical content alone, there are a lot of parallels between emo and country. Like, yeah. just the heartbreak, like, that sort of very inward-facing, like, I'm so sad, like... Yeah. And, like, this song, again, like, if you take it at face value, it's sort of a, just a, whoops, got drunk, heart, but then if you do delve beneath, this is a contemplative, like, sad kind of song, which it works beautifully mm. as a country song. And, like, it's funny I bring up the chicks because another of Alex's videos that I watched is him with a couple of mates doing a pop-punk cover of Wide Open Spaces by the chicks, and it's so good. Okay. Like, And, yeah, there's just something about, like, he picks the right kinds of songs to just make it work. Like, it... Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just so wonderful. It makes me very happy. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Good way to finish it as well. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I don't know, like, I've never, like, not, like, flat out just been like, no, fuck to, like, fuck you to country music, but, like, this year I've just been listening to a lot of, like, country pop kind of stuff, and mm. it's nice. One of those genres as well, it depends on where you live in Australia yeah. as well. I feel like country's really popular in the Northern Territory. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Northern Queensland, that sort of thing. So, like, regional, like, New South Wales as well. Yeah, and probably, you know, somewhere out in the country here. But where we are, it's not, you know, I don't think you'd see, you know, country music festivals and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those ones that I'm, you know, not a huge fan of. And look, I guess, when yeah, when I say country... For me, it's more like Casey Musgraves, The Chicks, like yeah. that kind of thing. But, yeah, it's... Oh, man. No, it's been a good year, just in terms of, like, revisiting things and, like, delving into, like, back catalogues or, like, listening to more recent releases from people that I wouldn't necessarily have gotten into if I was just in the day-to-day -day routine of whatever I used to do before everything changed. There's going to be a lot of musical acts in the next year or two that are going to start putting on tours for albums that they release this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because everyone had to release their albums from home. Yep. So, yeah. All right, hell yeah or yeah, nah. Hell yeah to Lit and only to Lit and to Patent, Patent, Pending... So all the all the other covers and Alex, but not to the other guys and Neil Cicerega. Oh yeah, and Neil. Yeah, all the other covers were were great. I'm gonna say a hell yeah, and I'm going to say a yeah. You're Just, allowed to say a hell yeah. I do like it. Yeah, it's a hell yeah, but with a caveat. Like yeah, get your shit together. <laughs> they didn't need to, they didn't need to throw fucking slut in there. And, you know, I would I would even I would cringe less even if the if it was just the kick living fuck out of me was the only thing that was left in there but yeah I don't mm. know there's maybe there's a reason why they split up <laughs> <laughs> Jesus so what are we doing next week well our next song song uh, song will be Atlantic by Grayscale for Punk Goes Acoustic 3 okay yeah there we go alright until then have a good week Mm. Don't miss us too much. No. Sleep in your pajamas. Yep. Or just allocated sleeping garment. Unless it's unless it's you know 
like here in Victoria where it's starting to warm up. Mm. Which oh case God, is it ever. Do what you do what you do to get comfortable. Yeah. In all honesty. I do want to get like a huge nightshirt for bed. They are not as comfortable as you would expect when you ah. need to turn over in bed oh, and they just yeah. get all bunchy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that with my boxer shorts, so. Mm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. Bye.